Hello, and welcome to the Woman of the Word Revelatory Points of Power podcast, as taught by the Reverend Dr. Audrey Aikens, where we share revelatory concepts and biblical principles that may often inspire, challenge, and stimulate you to see God's Word from a deeper and sometimes different perspective. Now, for today's Word, here's our instructor, Dr. Audrey Aikens. Greetings. We're coming to you with another excerpt from our Revelatory High Calling series. And in this session, we want to learn about three different things. About the mind of Christ that we're to let be in us. How that same mind is not only transformative, but it is transcendent. And how it applies to the Nazarite vow that was given in Numbers, the first through the eighth, the uh, number six, excuse me, the first through the eighth verse, and how that applies to this high calling we're talking about. So we begin with uh, the scripture Philippians two, one through eighteen, uh, uh, and in a paraphrasing of it, we learn that Paul says. We're to let this mind be in us. What does that mind consist of? And what does it mean, let it be in us? First of all, to understand let this mind, we need to understand that the Greek is tu, tu, frone. It signifies we're to entertain. We're to think to exercise this mindset. We're to grasp hold and keep the same sentiments it holds close. The same sentiments it were given close. Why? So that we become mentally willing, disposed, and ready to do the same as we've learned is expected of us. The revelatory about this is spiritually it signifies we're to earnestly set ourselves to follow what it is that God sets before us as his. We're to be intensively interested in changing so we can hearken and then move with haste and concern towards becoming obedient in whatever it is this mind of Christ reveals becometh us. Let this mind be in spiritually signifies take time. Learn to taste and see, to savor, and then set our affections on changing our old mindsets. Alter that old attitude towards what we've seen or learned is not just good, but is destined and so now becometh us to be in God. In other words, it's work. We've got to work this mind. And that's part of us having to work out our own salvation. Work this mind. Exercise this mind. So what is it about this mindset that Jesus had that we need to understand? First thing we need to understand is that it is transformative and it is transcendent. Transformative and transcendent. Now the transformative part of this 
definition that I'm doing for you, which I call an apostolatory definition or revelatory definition, is that it comes from the concept of be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. That's uh, exhorted in Romans 12 and 2. And that be ye transformed is rendered metamorpho, which signifies being totally changed. A change that emanates from the inside out. In other words, people around you may not see the change necessarily as fast as you know you're being changed. Because it's happening inside before it ever transforms to the outside or transfigures to the outside. The revelatory is it signifies we transition toward order change up to six degrees by unseen turns and unto varying degrees until we're strategically repositioned in the spirit, prepared and equipped to go be seen as it becometh us to now be in the spirit. And this is all according to all that God has ordered steps for us to lead us unto what he has said in his word in Jeremiah 29, 11 are our expected ends. The ends are not to harm us. It's a future. It's a hope. It's what it is that he has called and, and destined us to be to distinctively make a difference in the world as giving in to this or taking on this revelatory high calling, which in this section of the series we're talking about is a revelatory Nazarite. Transformative change always begins in the spirit. Then as we achieve it in various levels in God's time, he will release us to go be his sent God signs, to be transfigured even as Jesus was, as he was being prepared to go accomplish his decease in Jerusalem. So what we need to understand is the mind of Christ that Jesus had, he laid aside his deity. That was the first change. Laid aside his deity to become very man, to walk among us as God's word, walking on two feet. But the change didn't end there. Any change in God is progressive. Any change in God has you climbing up higher towards that rock that's higher than us. In other words, it's leading back to what Jesus came in order to do in the first place, which was to open up to us the gates of salvation, to open up to us and make us a way out of no way, which he would then be the way, the truth, and the life that leads unto that. So uh, during such transcendent transformative journeys, all his are destined to distinctively be used. We are destined to be used. Salvation is free. Yes. But after salvation, there is more. We are called to work it out. That means there are expectations that God has upon each and every one of us. They're not all the same. He doesn't call us all to do the same things, but to do as becometh us. Work out your own salvation as it becometh you. And how will he do that? Working in you effectually to both will and to do of what? His good pleasure. His good pleasure. Not somebody else's for you. 
People can look at you all the time and try to tell you how you should be or what you should do. But what we need to learn how to do is to tap into the mind of Christ for ourselves so that you can hear, so you can know. That's what Paul put before us. He said, I, I count everything I've done before as dumb. My whole thing is I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to know what enabled Jesus to be able to get up out of that grave and be able to come back and show himself as a Techmarian or many infallible proofs that God is. That's what we're supposed to be. That is the mind of Christ, to be able to take a licking and keep on ticking, to be able to, 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 to go through hell and still come back and say, but I'm still here. And God still says, how can I do that? Because I tap into that transformative and transcendent mind of Christ. What's transcendent? Transcendent signifies how ideals, revelations, uh, spiritual values, all those things can exceedingly and exceedingly and abundantly seem far beyond the ordinary range of our spiritual perception to be able to understand. That's it's transcendent. It, it always seems to be just ahead of you. It, it pulls you to want to know more. You find out a little bit in the spirit and it always leads to more and more. You dig deeper and deeper. You can read the same scripture for a year or years and hear just one thing. But as you begin to not just ask to, to know God, but begin to seek him, as you ask, you are given and you receive. But as you seek, you begin to find. And as you find, you begin to be encouraged and motivated to knock. And as you knock, God, it pleases him to open it up to you as revelation. That's the transcendent. Everything in God is designed to be that way. Everything in God is patterned after how things are in heaven. Just like there are three heavens. Paul said that he was caught up to the third heaven. There's the first heaven, the second heaven, the third heaven. There's the outer court, the holy place, the holy of holies. There's the, you know, there, there, there's all these things that are threes in God. There's God, the, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus. You know, everything is, tri we are made tripartite. We are three, three in one. We're soul, spirit, and body. You know, all of this is patterned after things that are in heaven. And so, therefore, it's transcended. It ever rises. It's like pulling back layers. It's like peeling an onion. You can't really get to the goodness of the onion until you peel back the layers of it. And the outer layers of the onion are ugly. So at first, as we learn things uh, in the spirit, it's sometimes like peeling that onion. You get tears in your eyes. You know, you, you, you know, it gets pungent. You, know, you start to realize that you ain't all you thought you were. Or, or God is, is expecting more of me than I ever thought he would. And how can I do it? I'm just a poor sinner saved by grace. And he said, that's how you do it, by grace. Because grace is given to us to enable us to be and do whatever God has called us unto. And do it as it becometh us. That's what grace is for. Um, I also would like to consider that the scripture of, we're going to leave that, that definition right there for you. And I want to bring up the scripture of Numbers 6, 1 through 8, because I've, I've, I've entitled this the Transformative Nazarite Vows. 
this particular section of our study. And so I want you to understand what the vows said, but then give you a little taste of the revelatory that makes them applicable to our lives today. Numbers 6, 1 through 8, and I'm apostle phrasing, which means par basically paraphrasing. Uh, the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say this unto them. Firstly, when either man or woman shall separate themselves to come and vow a vow of a Nazarite, to separate themselves unto the Lord, they shall willingly separate themselves from wine and strong drink. Therefore they shall drink no wine vinegars or vinegar made into strong drink, no grape liqueurs or even any grapes, whether moist or, or dried. And it shall be that for all the days of their separation, they shall eat nothing coming from the vine, the kernel, or out of husks. Secondly, I'm just going to go through all three of these first. Secondly, all the days of the vow of their separation, they shall use no razor to shave their heads. For until all the days of their separation uh, of themselves unto the Lord are fulfilled, they shall be holy. Thus they shall permit their locks of hair to grow. Thirdly, all the days they separate themselves unto the Lord, they shall also come near to touching no dead body. For they shall not make themselves to be unclean, nor defile themselves for anyone, not even for immediate family members who die. For being consecrated unto the Lord requires separation. It requires willingly working out this presenting themselves to the Lord as living sacrifices. Thusly, all the days of their separation Notice how many times God uses that word separation, separate, being separate unto him. All the days of their separation, having chosen to willingly come work out their own salvation, they shall be known as, so be called holy unto the Lord as it becometh them. As it becometh them. We're going to begin to close on this thought. We need to first understand that God dictated this to be given to the Israelites before they ever went through being confined to wander through the wilderness because of unbelief. God gave this to, to Moses to give to the people when they were right outside of the promised land. They were expecting that they were going to go on into the promise. But God already knew that they were going to choose to believe the evil report over the report of the spies that he was going to have Moses sent out. See, that didn't happen until after this was, was written down and given to them. God already knew that the people were going to end up being in a dry place out in the wilderness wanting to hear from God, wanting to see God, wanting to repent, wanting to be restored, needing to be separate unto the Lord because they knew how they'd messed up. But the people didn't know that when they heard it, but God did. And so the mind of God 
knows the beginning from the end. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the author. He's the finisher. He knows what it is that we're going to do and what we're going to need before we can ever get to that place. And he's saying, now, this is the way you make your way back. This is the way you can separate yourself unto me. You got to give up the intoxicating things. You got to move into humility. That's the second one. And the third, you got to stop being made to defile yourselves. That's the revelation of what the Nazarite vows were about. The, 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 the grapes, and at that time, it was what they had a mindset to be able to understand. He meant as intoxicating. But God gave that for it to be applied even now, knowing that we would have things far more intoxicating now in these times. We'd have things far more prideful that would keep us from humbling ourselves before God now in these times. He knew that we would have far more things that we would be, could, that could come make us defile ourselves before him and that we might not have the presence of mind to purpose in our hearts not to be defiled about, which is what Daniel did when they tried to defile him, when they tried to change him. The word said he purposed in his heart in Daniel the first chapter not to be made to defile himself. He had that mindset. Why? Because even then, he was a revelatory Nazarite. He was never called to take those vows officially, but God knew he would be taken into Babylon. God knew he'd be taken into captivity. God knew that the others wouldn't stand up for him, but he had one. God always has those that are in part of the residue, those that are part of the, the underestimated, those that maybe never spoke up before, whose hearts and minds he can change, he can touch, he can open up, he can give revelation, he can give inspiration, he can give motivation, and they will turn around and walk according to that revelatory high calling, which is set before us all. Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are set before, I press. I give it all up to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus God has set before me. Is it the same mark that I have? No. I got to press according to the mark God set for me. That's what we're going to learn about this revelatory high calling. The bottom line of it is gotta have that mind of Christ and you gotta let it be in you. Don't let it slip away. If you need to stop and readjust yourself and get yourself together and, 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 and stoop down and, and, and just, you know, back up into the Holy Ghost to get that mindset right, then do what you need to do to let it be in you because that's what's going to be able you to stand up and be counted, to stand up and be an overcomer, to stand up and glorify God when no one else will. God bless you. May you be filled with grace and God's peace. Well, this concludes today's edition of the Woman of the Word Revelatory Points of Power. But don't despair. Just seal for a moment. 
for there's yet more to come. In the meantime, if you would like additional information or to contact us, log on to the website at www.draudreyakinsministries.com. Until next time, we pray that in all you're getting, you get an understanding so that you too can be empowered and transformed by the renewing of your mind. Thank you and be blessed. This segment is produced by Creative Impact LLC with all rights reserved.